0: Kind of bigger snow we get seems to cripple some people and uh, concern them, I guess, on the roads, whatever. But um, this is Calgary. When I first moved here, they said, if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes. And uh, sometimes that's about how it is. But uh, a little bit of snow now. It's going to get really cold on Tuesday or so. But um, we'll survive. In our series, our Advent series, I want to share with you this morning for a few moments on the gift of love. Um, what would Christmas be like, really, without the songs and the carols of Christmas? And it's interesting how soon, it seems like Christmas decorations on sale, etc., start coming out sooner and sooner all the time. And we get inundated with, with all of these um, things Christmas carols, etc., etc., and um, maybe some of us have already, you know, had enough of the repetitive shopping mall soundtracks, but uh, bear with me because today I want to play a little game with you, and it's called Name That Christmas Song. So I'll read a phrase from a well-known holiday song, and you try to think of the song title, So we'll see how well versed you are in some of the things going on in our world. So here's the first one. We're snuggled up together like two birds of a feather would be. What's it called? Haven't heard it yet. Winter Wonderland. No. Sleigh ride. When we finally kissed goodnight. I'll hate going out in the storm, but if you really hold me tight all the way home, I'll be warm. Let it, snow. Let, it snow. Let it snow, right, right, right. Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree won't be the same, dear, if you're not here with me. It's going to be a blue Christmas without you oh yeah please have snow and mistletoe and presents under the tree i'll be home for christmas Christmas. mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop Rocking rocking around the christmas tree in the meadow we can build a snowman and pretend that he's parson brown he'll say are you married we'll say no man but you can do the job when you're in town now that one is winter wonderland i don't know what those do to you but when you go to the mall and you hear that soundtrack going over and over and over and over you think ay yi, yi. but there's a theme in a lot of those songs Valentine's Day may get all the glory for being the holiday of love but it's pretty clear that Christmas holds a corner on the market as a season of love and romance. In fact, in the 2014 American Wedding Study conducted by Brides Magazine, researchers found that 19% of all engagements occur in December, making it the most popular month to get engaged. And can you guess what day is the most popular? to Pop the question. Statistics show that Christmas Eve is the most popular day for engagements. Sorry, Cupid. More people get engaged on Christmas Eve than on Valentine's Day. Data released by Facebook last year showed that Christmas Eve is the most popular day to get engaged, followed by Christmas Day, New Year's Day, and then Valentine's Day. Now, there's certainly nothing wrong with celebrating love during this season. If you get engaged this Christmas Eve, I would celebrate... Is anybody planning on getting engaged Christmas Eve? Who is not married here? There's, I know, there's something there. Just checking the eligibility. Um, Now, if you do happen to get engaged on Christmas Eve, we'd celebrate with you. No no problem with that at all. Um, We'd wholeheartedly celebrate. But depending on where you find yourself in regard to romantic relationships at the moment, all this love in the air can bring happiness and expectation or loneliness and isolation both either way too much focus on cuddling in the cold and meeting under the mistletoe can blind us to the real love story of christmas and uh, i want to challenge us this morning let's not miss the true story of love this season it's a love story that's been written for every one of us the story of true faithful unending sacrificial love God's amazing love in sending Jesus Christ is the one love that changes everything. Everything changes. Love has been God's story from the very beginning. From the moment of creation, God's love was part of the fabric of our world. God's love was with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden both before and after sin entered the world. God showed his love by saving Noah and his family from the flood and giving them a new start. And so it's important that we understand love is really the fabric of it's all of who God is. In the Old Testament, God gave the commandments and law in love as a way for his people to atone for their sin and stay connected to him. And his love turned the world inside out when he sent his son To live among us, the God of the universe be born in a stable, die on a cross, and rise again from the grave. It took love to disrupt and overturn the power of death and evil. The story is not about a feeling, though. It's God's story of love in action. How the God of the universe loves you so much that he left everything in order to be with us. More than a feeling. To sacrifice his life that we could be with him. This love is the second gift of Christmas that will unwrap this Advent season. Now, if you were here last week, you know we began a journey through the season of Advent by unwrapping the gift of hope. The word Advent means coming or arrival. This season is marked by expectation, waiting, anticipation, and longing. I can hardly wait to see what you all buy me for Christmas. I'm just kidding. But I remember as a child, it was tremendous expectation. And then, you know, when you get married and you start having kids, it's just as much fun watching your kids' anticipation and expectation. Where some years, maybe there was an abundance, and some years there wasn't much, and some years it was just things that were homemade. We had the whole gamut. Some years where there was so many things, and other years when maybe you got a pair of hand-knit socks or sweater or something your dad made out of wood or whatever. So we had the whole gamut. But watching your kids and seeing their expectation, and it's amazing. You know, generally, it's not so much the amount of things, but it's something that the kids get that just kind of really turns their crank and kind of gets them excited. You all have seen how you can buy your kids some expensive gift, and when they're just toddlers, little ones... And their most favorite place is that bottom drawer where all the cutlery and plastic things are. And they bring out all those little containers and they spread them all over the kitchen floor. And they're having more fun than with that Tonka truck you got them. And so it's, it's amazing. Christmas and seeing that in children is, is amazing and it's, it's, it's exciting. Advent offers us the opportunity to share in the ancient longing for the coming of the Messiah, to celebrate his birth and to be alert for his second coming. It's a season for rediscovering the coming of our Savior and for gaining even greater understanding of how wide and long and high and deep his love is for us. And that's the gift that I want to unwrap today, the gift of love. We've all been with kids when they unwrap their gifts The excitement of ripping off the paper is quickly replaced by the excitement of opening up the box and actually playing with whatever toy or game is inside. And the worst thing in the world is as a child, you open the gift and it requires batteries and there are no batteries in the house. Worst thing can happen. Or It's a toy that requires adult setup and takes hours. Kids want to unwrap and dive in. And that's what we're going to do today with the gift of love. We're going to dive right in. So what do we do with this gift of love? What do we do with it? Well, first of all, I think we have to accept his love. And I'm going to guess that if I say this reference, we're all going to think and know the verse... John 3.16, and right away in our heads, automatically comes, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now the problem with that verse is, sometimes we're so familiar with the verse, we can recite it and look right past it. And we miss the depth of the truth. God's love in sending Jesus is the one love that changes everything. We know the verse so well that we can overlook it if we're not careful. But this was and is the ultimate gift, the ultimate act of sacrificial, holy, complete, and infinite love. A gift that should never, ever, ever grow old. We should never get so familiar with it that we don't In a sense, almost tear up and get overwhelmed with the amazing love of a father who would give his only son, allow his only son to go and pay a price for our sin. The message of that verse is the core of what we believe. So it makes sense that as we unwrap the gift of love today, we should start here at the very center. God loved the world. He gave his son. And when we accept that gift and believe in him, we are given his life, salvation, and eternal life. So the first thing that we do with the gift of God's love is so basic, it's easy to overlook it. We accept the gift. Notice I said it's basic. It's not easy. It's basic, though. Perhaps for some of you here today, this step of, this step of accepting the gift of God's love and believing in Jesus might be difficult. Maybe something you've struggled with for a long time. You've heard about it and heard about it and heard about it. Other, maybe it's a brand new idea for you. Or maybe a gift that you've neglected for a while. Maybe you feel unlovable. Maybe you've been burned by human love. Too many times to trust that there's something greater. Maybe you think you don't know what I've done. You don't know the dark secrets and doubts and fears and pain that are inside of your life. Maybe I don't, but friend, God knows. And the love he offers sees and knows and understands. The love that God offers is Jesus Christ. And scripture says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. No matter what challenges or hurts you hold, God's love can handle them and God's love can heal them. Wherever you are in your journey is okay. God knows God understands. And his response is always the open arms of Jesus Christ. Wherever you are, I encourage you. Some of you, maybe you've heard the message of Christ's love over and over and over and it's almost like you've heard it so often you think you might believe it, but you really haven't got to the place where you've accepted it for yourself. I'm praying today that there'd be such a revelation of God's love for you that there'd be no turning back for you. And those of us who've heard it and heard it and heard it, it would restore again that joy of our initial salvation. Because it's, when you think about it, it's an amazing, amazing gift that our Father has given us. Not only do we accept it, but we need to experience his love. Our society today is getting more and more into the whole experience. We need to experience things. We need to experience it. And during the season of Advent, may we also experience the love of God deeply. It's easy to be distracted by all the things that need to get done in the next few weeks. So many things to do. Gifts to buy and projects to get finished and simons to do and all kinds of things. House needs to be cleaned and decorations put up and people to see and families coming. Or not. Meals to make and so many things going on. It's easy to read the headlines and wonder if love really can overcome the darkness and hatred in our world. It's easy to allow worry over tomorrow or next week or next year to overwhelm us and keep us from feeling loved. And all those things, they matter. God doesn't ask you to ignore those things in order to experience his love. You don't have to... Kind of block it all out. You don't have to purge or rid yourself of hurry or worry. He invites you to bring them to him. To surrender the deepest hurts and concerns of your life to him. And allow him to come and renew you with his love. And the good news is that the love he gives through his son Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. The love he gives through his son Jesus Christ is enough. It is enough. It is enough. It's enough for everything we need. And the good news is that the love he gives through his, his son, Jesus Christ, is enough for me, it's enough for you. The Apostle Paul described that love we can experience in Romans chapter 8, verse 38. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God, That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is a powerful love. This is the most wonderful, powerful love there is. It's a love that can't be contained and it can't be constrained by any power in the universe. Not evil, not death, not a person, not a power. It's amazing love. But it's a love to be experienced. We want to go back to our example of a kid on Christmas Day. This is not a gift to accept and unwrap and then put on a shelf or in a toy box. God's love is our lifeblood and the oxygen coursing through us to continually fill us with life. His love is an amazing, untapped resource. And let the season be one of embracing God's love fully and experiencing the love in new and deep ways as we continually open our hearts and hands and minds and lives to him. It's amazing how your thoughts change when a family member goes from this life into eternal life with Christ. And all kinds of thoughts flood your mind and emotions and Many have asked me, how am I doing? And I said, well, I'm kind of sad and glad at the same time. But I could never, in honest conscience, wish my brother back to the life that he was experiencing in the last couple of years. In comparison to what he's experiencing now. Knowing that every one of us that know Jesus Christ will soon be there too. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the King. and if we know Jesus Christ there's no fear of the future my brother told me the last time I visited him he said Roy I'm not afraid I just feel bad for everybody else I said well Harry I guess the rest of the family you're going to be the first one of us to see dad as my dad passed away a number of years ago and uh but when we know Jesus Christ and we experience his love, it's, it's like his love carries us through the painful and most excruciating experiences of life, whatever those might be. Not only do we accept his love and experience his love, but thirdly, I think it's important for us to understand that this amazing gift of love, it's important for us to share this love. Something that we've been talking about in the last little while in different aspects of messages, but... I'm sure if I were to ask you, you know, at at what age was it first when you said, I'm in love? Remember that first moment? I mean, man, you thought this was the cat's meow, man, this is it. I remember when I was about seven years old and, uh, you know, a deacon's son should always sort of be warming up to a preacher's daughter. Isn't that how it kind of works? Well, there was a... I mean, what were we, seven or eight years old? And, and so I took an aluminum piece of pipe and I cut a little sliver off the pipe and I filed it and filed it and filed it and filed it and, filed it and made a little ring. And... Uh, just kind of a loon and, you know, cheesy little thing. But I worked hard at it. And so I, I, I took it to this little girl and I, I said, I want to give you this ring. Just kind of as friendship. And she looked at that ring and she tossed it into the field. Talk about being spurned. Talk about being... I got over that. Didn't take long, actually. But... Remember that first love, and remember when you then finally realized that this is the gal or this is the guy for you, and what that was like. There's a good chance you've done something loud or crazy to proclaim your love to the world, right? Maybe you literally shouted it out loud in public. Nowadays, you proclaim it on Facebook or your social media platform of choice. You know, however you choose to do that. I mean, did anybody propose to your spouse on the Jumbotron screen? Remember, you see how, you know, different places they've done that and out in the middle of the field and, and they proclaimed it, you know, to the nations. It's kind of what we humans do. It's... It's why we have centuries worth of poetry and novels and plays and love songs about love. When we're in love, it shows. We can't help it. Just love just overflows. It's like the couple who had been married for a while, and and he's driving the vehicle, and he said to his wife, or she says to him, "You know, remember when we were going out together? We used to sit so close together in the car. Wasn't that great?" Yeah, he says, that was awesome. But I've never moved. And, uh, you know, those days, you know, when, I don't know, you just do some really goofy things maybe. Because you're in love and you don't really mind who hears about it or knows about it. Well, you know, the gift of God's love is really the same way. It really is for sharing. It really is for talking about and in fact, sharing this gift doesn't leave us with less, but it leaves us with more. Once we, ex- we accept and experience the love of God, the next natural step for us is to share it, to let it overflow to everybody around us. But unfortunately, sometimes, friends, it's sometimes our, our best-kept secret. I told you some time ago that when I was in high school and I was part of a youth group but I was kind of a secret agent for Jesus in high school. No one knew. I didn't tell anybody. I thought, "Man, they'd kind of laugh me out of the school." Man, I missed so many opportunities. Don't be like I was. Share the love of Jesus Christ. There's a story told of an old monastery that had fallen upon hard times. It was once a great order of monks, but as a result of waves of persecution in the 17th and 18th centuries and the rise of secularism in the 19th, all of its branch houses were lost and it became decimated to the extent that there were only five monks left in the decaying mother house the abbot and four others. All of them were over 70 years old. Clearly, this was a dying order things looked grim. In the deep woods surrounding this place, this monastery, there was a little hut that a fellow priest from a nearby town occasionally used for his personal prayer retreat. And as the abbot of this monastery agonized over the imminent death of his order, it occurred to the abbot on one of those occasions to visit the priest and Ask him by some possible chance he could offer any advice that might save the monastery. The priest welcomed the abbot at his hut. But when the abbot explained the purpose of his visit, the priest could only commensurate with him. I know how it is, he exclaimed. The spirit has gone out of the people. It's the same in my town. Almost no one comes to the church anymore. So the abbot and the old priest, they wept together, they talked for a short while, and then the time came when the abbot had to leave. They embraced each other. It's been a wonderful thing that we should meet after all these years, the abbot said, but I have still failed in my purpose for coming here. Is there nothing you can tell me, no piece of advice you can give me that would help me save my dying order? No, I'm sorry, the priest responded. I have no advice to give. The only thing I can tell you is that the Savior is one of you. When the abbot returned to the monastery, his fellow monks gathered around him, excited to ask him, well, what did the priest say? The abbot said he couldn't help. We just wept and read the Bible together. The only thing he did say, just as I was leaving... It was something cryptic. He said, "Was the Savior is one of us, and I don't know what he meant. In the days and the weeks that followed, the old monks pondered this and wondered whether there was any possible significance to the priest's words. The Savior is one of us. Could he possibly have meant one of us monks here at the monastery? If that's the case, which one? Do you suppose he meant the Father abbot? He's been our leader for more than a generation. On the other hand, he might have meant Brother Thomas. Certainly Brother Thomas is a holy man. Everyone knows that Thomas is a man of light. Certainly he could not have meant Brother Eldred. Eldred gets so grumpy at times. But come to think of it, even though he's a thorn in people's sides, when you look back on it, he's usually always right often very right maybe the priest did mean brother Eldred surely not brother Philip Philip is so passive a real nobody and then almost mysteriously he has a gift for someone always being there when you need him he just magically appears by your side maybe Philip is the savior of course the priest didn't mean me he couldn't possibly have meant me I'm just so ordinary yet suppose he did Suppose I am the Savior. Oh God, not me. I couldn't be that much for you, could I? Now as they contemplated in this manner, the old monks began to treat one another with extraordinary love and respect on the off chance that one, might, that one of them might be the Savior. And on the chance that each monk himself might be the Savior, they began to treat themselves with extraordinary love and respect. Because the forest in which it was situated was beautiful, it so happened that people still occasionally came to visit the monastery, to picnic on its tiny lawn, to wander among some of its paths, or even now and then to go into the dilapidated buildings to meditate. As they did so, without even being conscious of it, they sensed the aura of extraordinary love and respect that now began to surround the five monks and seemed to radiate out from them and permeate the atmosphere of the place. There was something strangely attractive, even compelling, about it. Hardly knowing why, they began to come back to the monastery to picnic and to play and to pray. Its beauty began to draw them in, and they began to bring their friends to show them this special place. And their friends brought their friends. Then it happened that some of the younger men who came to visit the monastery started to talk and more and more with the old monks. And after a while, one of them asked if he could join them. Then another, and another. So within a few years, the monastery had once again become a thriving order. And thanks to the priest's gift, a vibrant center of light and spirituality in the area. Friends, the church can be an amazing place when it's working as it's supposed to work. When we're treating one another as if each person... We're Christ himself. When we're following the command Jesus left, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love should not be a foreign concept to us. Through the caring for one another, we can spread the love of Christ and create a nurturing climate. Through these t- this story, we can see that the expression of the love can change those around you. Our actions often speak louder than words. And whether we realize it or not, friends, the world is paying attention. As Christians, we should express love by caring for one another, listening to what people actually have to say, and by taking time out of our busy lives and trying to make a difference. The life that we lead on earth is a temporary existence when compared to the eternal salvation of heaven. God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son to die for us. He showed his love by sending his son to atone for our sin. And during his life on earth, Jesus was the example of love. He showed compassion and mercy for those who needed it and offered forgiveness to the repentant. He also explained the standard of love were to share with others, love your neighbor as yourself. We may not always be able to follow the command, but we should make every attempt to treat even total strangers with a spirit of love and compassion in everything we do. God did not ignore you and I when we stumbled in sin, but he offered his hand to help us come back to God. He gave us a hand up. And just as the monks change in attitude, change the mood of those around them, we also should be an example of love and compassion that has the chance of changing the mood within our own communities. It's amazing. I was reading some of the posts. My brother he has visited thirty different countries and missions trips pastored in three small communities, Alert Bay, Watson Lake, and Logan Lake. And as people are posting, they're saying of him that he was a man who didn't pastor a church. He pastored a community. And he became known for that. And when I think of this deposit, that we have in all of us of the love of Jesus Christ, that we can, we can accept it, we can experience, and then we can share it. I thank God for my brother. I thank God for his testimony. Was he perfect? No. I had to beat him up once in a while, or try. John addressed this process in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another this tremendous gift of love comes to us and flows through us and the more we embrace and experience it the more we share it with others. The more we get to know the lover of our soul, Jesus Christ the more we spend time with him the more we experience how how deep and high and wide and big his love is the more we just naturally want to share it. What does that look like for you this season? It could mean spending quality time with family. It could mean reconnecting with a friend who has drifted away. It might mean serving neighbors or strangers or seeking out someone you suspect is lonely or hurting. I was intrigued in reading on what the Bears Paw Christian School students are doing as they're, all 700 of them or so are taking time in the course of a week or whatever just to do something in the community in sharing the love of Christ. Maybe it'll mean forgiving somebody who has hurt you or apologizing to someone you have hurt. There's endless ways to allow God's love to flow through you as you love others as he has loved you. And I want to challenge you. I want you to think of one way right now that you can share God's love this week. And maybe you might say, Father, by your Holy Spirit, I ask you to show me just one way, just at least one way that I can share and show the love of Christ to somebody this week. And then keep your heart and your eyes open to the world around you as Christmas approaches. And I believe that he will give you more than one opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ. Maybe it has to start right in your own house by demonstrating a newfound respect for the family members that are living there. Or maybe as family, family arrive and... I mean. Every family seems to have that one agitating person. And sometimes it's you. You know, there's, every family seems to have one. Whatever, right? Hopefully you weren't blessed with more than one, but maybe it has to begin there. Overlooking some things and allowing the love of Christ to flow through you. Let's keep our focus on making this a season of love that reaches far deeper than the sappy carols or even the romantic statistics. Let's revel in God's love and be known to others by his love that flows out of us. May this be a season of accepting and experiencing and sharing God's gift of love that has been given to us freely without price. May we share it in a new and a deeper way. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you. This is the season of Advent. Expecting, experiencing. Anticipation. Help us as we unwrap this gift of love. Help us to accept, experience, and share your love with others this season and beyond. Father, will you fill us with expectation as we live in your love and wait for the complete fulfillment of that love when Christ returns. The Apostle Paul wrote and he said, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Jesus Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Father, I pray that to whatever measure you need to speak to us and challenge us and reveal to us how not only we need to accept fully, experience totally, And share completely this amazing gift given to us through Jesus Christ. A gift that nothing can ever take away, nothing can ever overpower. There's no person, no evil influence, nothing in this world that can stop the amazing, powerful love of Jesus Christ from penetrating the coldest, darkest spot in any person's life. I pray, Father, that if there's somebody here today who has not totally, completely accepted the love of Jesus Christ, that this would be the most important beginning day of their life. When wholeheartedly, unreservedly, they say, Jesus, I completely surrender my whole life to you. I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sin and All the ways that I have wronged you and others. Forgive me. Let your love overwhelm me. May it be more than a verse that is quoted. May it be a reality in my own personal life. And maybe you're here this morning and you need to pray that prayer you may have heard a gospel message over and over and over again and you've seen people living the message but have never personally really made that complete decision. I encourage you, will you do it today? Will you invite Jesus Christ into your heart and life? Will you surrender to him completely and allow him to take you as whatever condition you're in? Broken, hurting, confident whatever you are will you give him your whole life will you ask him to forgive you and place his Holy Spirit inside of you giving you the power to live the life he wants you to live you can invite him in right now very simply saying Jesus I'm sorry forgive me take away my sin I give you my life. Help me. Fill me with your love and compassion. And he'll help you with everything that you have. He is the answer, friend. He's the one and only answer for every circumstance and situation we go through. Will you accept him today? Others of you, perhaps you've accepted him, but kind of been living apart from him and you haven't really experienced his love for you. You haven't really allowed it to transform and change your life. You haven't allowed his love to be so overwhelming for you that it just kind of overtakes you. And you recognize and say that, Lord, it's been a while since I have spent some time with you. And I need to get reacquainted. I need to get together with you and I need to talk with you and I need to allow your word to speak to me. Help me in my personal life to to take those moments during the day to reconnect and experience your love all over again. Maybe that's a commitment you need to make this morning. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me for trying to live this life on my own. I need to re-experience that amazing love you have for me in my life. And I ask you to help me. Maybe there's others here that has been a while since you allowed that love of Jesus Christ to so overwhelm you that you just knew you had to share it with somebody. Friends, when we accept his love and we experience his love. There's a natural progression to want to share his love. Maybe you need to say, Holy Spirit, will you just empower me? Will you help me? I want to share your love. And maybe there's some attitudes that you've been portraying that have been quite, haven't been quite godly, and say, Lord, help me, forgive me. May my family know that, above all, I love you and I love them. I love my fellow employees and students and neighbors and relatives. Help me to share your love. And friends, every one of us fit into one, two, or three or all of those categories. None of us are without need of the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. And may the gift of love this Advent season overwhelm us each and every one of us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, lift up his countenance on you, and give you peace in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.